Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode three. I'm your host, Killian Vigna, and today I'm joined by Zoe Belil Springer. This podcast is a weekly roundup of our latest marketing tips and tricks for salon owners, what's been going on in and around Forest, and what new webinars are taking place. This podcast is produced every Monday morning for your enjoyment with a cup of coffee on your day off. So today we're talking about fun marketing ideas to boost Black Friday retail sales. We'll be talking about what happens when you invest in your salon staff training. And our marketing manager today will go through five common salon marketing mistakes every salon owner can avoid. We're going to talk about the latest Forest Salon software featured go live this week. And we'll talk about our upcoming webinars in the Forest Academy series. So let's get started. Welcome to our exclusive to clients Forest FM podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Actually, (laughs) so I've messed your name up in the past two episodes. I actually have your name typed out here in phonetics here. Belil, Belil, Belil. Okay, (laughs) cool about me. All right, so um, yeah, let's kick it off. So I suppose the first thing we're going to go through, the first blog this week, is the fun marketing ideas to boost Black Friday retail sales. Because that's an upcoming one now. Yeah, definitely. Um, So Black Friday is this year falls on November 25th. So that's pretty much just 14 days away. And um, retail is probably the most number one thing you could increase sales on on that day, to be honest. Uh, So there's a lot of uh, in-salon. There's a few in-salon ideas for, like, events and such. And then there's one uh, one or two for uh, online promotions as well. And then uh, you also have one that kind of mixes both. So it's just kind of like a challenge. Buy this kit, try it out, uh, try to use all the products at once kind of thing. And send us your snaps about it kind of thing it's just a way to interact um in salon and online and like we know it says black friday and black friday is a big massive thing over in america but for clients over in like ireland uk or anywhere else is this something that they can kind of take part in as well now or yeah it's growing it's definitely growing like um i personally come from america and it is pretty huge like i've seen people go insane over this but <laughs> climbing on top of people on people yeah pretty much um but it is definitely growing over in europe uh, and i'm sure you can witness it you've, you've probably witnessed in the last few years yeah no because it's just kind of yeah like last two three four years even that's when we've started really seeing it like it wouldn't be as crazy as in america but it still seems to be something that everyone in ireland is getting on board now yeah definitely. And, uh, or you could even like especially with the salons you could even make your own twist and say white friday or something like that kind of get away from the hustle and bustle yeah that treat too. yourself exactly um there was one one of the ideas i highlighted was uh, a an, an email campaign kind of uh, going um the boss is away for the day and I'm putting, I'm putting everything on sale, you know? There is and a disclaimer on that one, though. There don't is. Ask. Like, don't actually put everything on sale, but there's, like, twists to, like, kind of just, uh, you know, kind of hide the discounting thing. It's not really a discount. It's just packaging things in, in a more interesting way for, for clients to buy them. Yeah, because we want to... It's not about discounting your services and stuff like... You wouldn't go into a doctor and ask for ten percent off, so you want to stay away from those sort exactly. of things. You're kind it's just of like, workarounds. Yeah. yeah, you're you're kind of making yourself a magician there, you know. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and again, that one in two weeks, so like get started on your plan and your strategies for that one straight away because that time is going to creep up real fast. So fast, yeah. <laughs> so that brings us on down to the next one: is what happens when you invest in salon staff training? How do you go about it? What's why why should you yeah so that one was inspired by salon owners summit speaker uh, 2016 um anthony whitaker and um so it's kind of like a ripple effect the way he sees it right so when you invest like 
loads of salon owners can feel like investing in salon uh, tr training can be quite expensive, but in reality, the, the the return on investment is like so like it's so huge. Um, so when you when you start investing in, in, in salon employees, then they're gonna grow personally and automatically put their trust in you and then it's just like move it moves on to like it'll affect your client retention rates it'll affect uh eventually your profits obviously it, it'll affect the quality standards in your salon your clients journeys and it is just like a very positive thing to do the return is just amazing yeah because we talk a lot about client retention but like client retention is all well and good, but you got to be able to retain your own staff too. Yeah, I mean, like if I'm going to go to a salon and week in, week out, it's nearly a new new hairdresser or someone like that. Like you got to start thinking to yourself, well, yeah. what's, what's going on here now? And like investing in your staff is is a way to, you know, retain your, your own staff, because if you believe in them and, and in their capacities of, of growth, then they're going to put their trust in you as well. So they're just going to be more inclined to stay with you. And that goes back to the, the initial hiring process too. Like you're hiring someone to do a job that like you trust that they can take full control of that. You don't have to be overwatching or kind of looking over them the whole time. Yeah. Like that's that's the point of a good employer is to hire someone that they can trust will take care of it. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So now it's going to bring us on to our Forest Salon Software Marketing Manager, Connor Capel, who's going to talk about the five common salon marketing mistakes every salon owner can avoid so great so what are they <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's a couple of different um I, I guess different common mistakes that we really see and funnily enough i actually wrote a post um basically this kind of very similar post uh, a couple of years back and it actually hasn't changed over the last few years the same mistakes uh, and, and we can all make small marketing mistakes but the ones that i think really are the most damaging mistakes are ones that tend to affect the uh, the value of your service and the average price that people pay uh, for your services and, and retail. So a couple of things, um, first of all, uh, a common one I see on social media and the likes of Facebook is continually discounting. Now I see this offline as well, but the temptation when you're trying to like, you know, sell more retail or get more people through your door, you naturally think, you know, how can I do it? And one of the first places you always go is if I make it cheaper, more people will come through my door. Yeah. So you're basically on, on Facebook, right? It's just kind of like a post saying, oh, we're, we're having this day sale kind of thing. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. A yeah, right. uh, couple of problems with that. Firstly is, you know, like services like hair and beauty are largely speaking a luxury. They're not a commodity. So people want a quality service. They want to have that relationship with a particular person. They want to be in the hands of an expert and they want to look great. So... Yeah. It's not like electricity where you don't care who provides electricity. You just want it 20% cheaper. But you do care who's doing your hair, who's yeah. taking care of your skin. Yeah, so you a discount, kind of become their friends in the end. You do, definitely. But you're also putting a lot of trust in them because it's like somebody said to me, you know, if you get a bad taxi, say if you get a bad taxi trip, that might be like a guy who charged an extra five quid because he, he drove a, like a long way around or he never stopped talking. You get a bad haircut and that's like really bad because you're walking out and it's a really personal thing. So I've got that for at least three weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the reality is is a discount isn't actually an effective way always to uh, generate more sales and it does come at a price and that price is, unfortunately, um, you're lowering, you're just saying to people that the only way I can get you through my door is by lowering uh, the value of my services. And that in itself is, in, in this particular industry, can be like a fundamental problem. Um, on that then as well, um, other things I see are generally speaking around loyalty programs and daily deals. So 
you know, it's 2016. We're still talking about daily deals being bad. Um, if you look at even some of the daily deal sites like Groupon, uh, Groupon have bought Living Social. All of the share prices of these massive, massive like uh, giants are, are are falling rapidly, and they're laying off staff and so on. And the reason is is because they're not sustainable. So, what they do is obviously they ask you to massively discount your services with the promise of getting new people through your door. Uh, and of course, a lot of salon owners and other businesses, but salon owners turn around and go, well, you know what, if I can get them through my door, even if I make no money on the first batch of them, if I can get them through my door, I know I can keep them. And there's two fundamental problems with that. Number one is the behavior and the type of people who are attracted to daily deals are discount hunters, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a discount hunter is not worried about that amazing you know, conditioner you're going to use or that like extra 10% you put in to their skin. It's about getting an okay job done at a low cost. And that isn't, generally speaking, a, a sustainable type of customer that you yeah, want. Yeah, they, they wouldn't be the typical customer to come back. No, yeah, not the typical. they just going to look for the lowest no price loyalty. the next time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, the second problem with it is, is actually how the daily deals themselves are set up. And this is going to bring me on to marketplaces as well. But daily deals um, will very often... The way, the way they work is you sign up uh, to a daily deal, okay? And you say, okay, I'm going to get a, a blow dry for... 20% of what it normally costs. You know, okay, so you might think, I got that person through my door, but that daily deal company will actually come back six weeks later when you were due to get that blow dry again and probably offer you something very similar in a different salon. So the way that the actual daily deal site works, it's like the daily deal site is almost like the virtual salon. It owns the client and it's moving people around from salon to salon and using the, the actual physical um, mm. premises of the salon. So you never actually even own the client in a way even though they have come back through your door because that daily deal site is going to actively hunt that person before they even think of coming back to your salon and move them on again. It's almost like a lease, isn't it? Because like you're, com- you're competing with so many other guys who are discounting. So you're like renting that client just for a day and then they're going to go <laughs> off and start hunting for all the other cheaper ones. Definitely. Yeah. So which means people are undercutting and undercutting is constantly getting lower on the prices. Definitely, definitely. And it, it's a race to the bottom. But also, it, I think personally speaking, it can be very brand damaging uh, to, to see... Like if if there's a lot of people on these daily deal sites, I mean their entire. Would you say like at least fifty percent of salons would be on on daily, daily uh, deal sites? not anymore. Not there, anymore? But I, I, there was like a huge in Ireland and the UK, probably not fifty percent, but probably twenty percent of salons might have tried it or thirty percent at some point. And it, it just it actually being honest, it, it devastated a lot of salons. It actually closed a lot of salons because what happened was particularly during the recession, right? Right. So the recession hit Ireland, for instance. Um, and just using Ireland as an example, daily deals were being sent out. People who would normally go get services done are like, wow, this is so cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go into the salon. The salon then is like, you know, chasing, like it's doing those services, but it's actually like not making any money on them. But it's, con- and it's tr- like, it's, it's, it's basically, for the want of a better word, really like peeing off their existing clients because they're like, hey, wait a minute, I've been coming here for five years and you're giving this person the same service at half the price. And the second thing then as well is it just you're literally like all the people are working away really hard servicing these clients who are making you no money. Uh, and it's just it's 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 a really, really bad model. The that's kind of more obvious probably now, but the one that's a bit less obvious are marketplaces. Okay. So right. marketplaces are like listing sites. Mm-hmm. So if you want the equivalent in in terms of other industries, you could look at like your Halos, your Ubers, your Just Eats, uh, your Airbnbs, they're they're marketplaces. So they, they, 
marketplaces are sold and a lot of salons join marketplaces on the promise of client discovery okay and that's what they say so they say are you finding it hard to rank on google are you finding hard well don't worry when somebody searches you know hair salon uh, knightsbridge london you're going to rank on this site and you'll be listed on this site so mm -hmm. you're getting great exposure and you're getting lots of new clients through your door that is largely speaking true that part um, it's the other part that they don't tell you about so what <laughs> they do, what they don't tell you about <laughs> yeah what they don't tell you about is typically a lot of these listing sites and marketplaces they take a bigger charge on your first booking and then they take a much smaller charge after that okay so for instance what they might do is you know they might say okay the first person that books a service if that service is 100 pounds we're going to take 20% on the first service and then after that we'll only ever take 1 pound per booking for, for each person so so imagine then say Zoe goes in right it's right. your first time getting your hair done in that particular salon and you pay 100 pounds maybe like the you know the listing site takes 10 or 20 pounds of that the first time but when you book the second third fourth time they only take a pound each time yeah so they're saying to you we're taking a lot up front because we've discovered that client for you but from there on you know we're only taking a euro or, or a pound per booking yeah but the problem is, think about the business model here, is that they want you to book in for the first time in as many salons as possible because then they get the £20 up front every time or the £10. Yeah. So again, what they're actually doing is they're moving you around. So what I would suggest to anybody who doesn't believe me that's on a listing site, sign up or get someone like your brother or your sister or someone to sign up to the listing site, book into your salon, and then watch the emails that they start getting six or eight weeks later from That's the actual, really interesting mm, yeah, I didn't think from the listing that, yeah. site, and they're going to send you the offers. Uh, I guarantee you for other salons that are very, very similar because they want to get that twenty percent each time. So they have to move you around as much as humanly possible. So they're different from the uh, the daily deals in the sense that you're not offering big, massive discounts, but your clients are still being shipped from door to door. Definitely, they're being moved around. I, I don't necessarily think they're quite as bad as daily. Like daily deals, it's just it's yeah. straight up bad, and it's very obviously bad in so many different ways. Yeah. But that's kind of almost like that's what kind of makes marketplaces almost worse, in my opinion, is because there's so much more Machiavelli. It's it's so much harder to um, it's you wouldn't think it. You would naturally think which are like. Forest had its own listing site called Xanadu in 2010, 2011. Yeah. And we thought it was a great way to get new clients for salons. And we soon discovered when we tracked the behavior of the clients. Now, we weren't sending them offers, um, like obviously because that was just wasn't in our interest because we're a salon software company. But we said we would give them a marketplace where all our salons could display their salons. And what we discovered was, even if you're not sending them offers, the sheer fact that they're going to a listing site and they're booking and they see other salons there and maybe there's one of the salons that's slightly cheaper they just end up yeah. moving themselves as well so even if they're not being forced to move they kind of just do it naturally yeah they do it naturally and it's almost like throwing your own clients into a pit to kind of <laughs> compete against each other isn't it De definitely yeah i mean i mean it's actually you know what it's one of the worst things that i see and i see it again i see it so often is and it's crazy people going into salons and they say you know would you like to rebook now and the person would say maybe no and they go, okay, well, when you are thinking of rebooking, go check us out. We're on Marketplace X. Oh, so, they, so in other words, they, they already have loyal clients. Yeah. The loyal client has never heard of this marketplace. And now you're sending him to a website that has all your competitors listed on it. So yeah. that's a really common mistake. You may as well just meet them at the door and go, well, actually, there's another salon across the street. If you want to check out them and then come back and let yeah. us know. But, but God, like, these are easy mistakes to make. And, and they're mistakes that... You know, we've all made, I mean, like I said, Forest itself, we had our own marketplace at one point um, and it was beginning to make money, uh, but we, we, we tracked the behavior of these people. So we've actually tracked other marketplaces too, uh, 
So one that we tracked, for instance, was here in Ireland, and we tracked, um, we, we opened up, so I'm not going to bore people, I think called an API. So basically, we, anybody who booked on the marketplace, they went in on the appointment screen if that salon was using Forest. So we tracked the behavior of people who came through that marketplace, and we figured that a, a good, like a, like the best of the clients, only about three or four percent of them were ever going back to that salon on third or fourth time, like three or That's four percent. So it's, it's insanely low. So. The, the reality is, is that it's just not the best way to get discovered. The, you know, the best way to get discovered is by having great social media. The best best way to get discovered is by just true referrals. Yeah. But marketplaces are, it's an easy trap to get into because the promise of getting more new clients and then the fear of missing out by not being listed with your competitors is really strong. Yeah. But I would urge people to, to really think about it. Stand back and think, if that site is taking a much bigger percentage the first time, like it has to be in their interest to move people around to get that as, as often as possible. Yeah. And like that, like your quiet period in January, you can be tempting to go, I'm real quiet, I, I want a quick fix, jump onto yeah. the daily deals, jump onto the marketplace. Yeah. That's why we provide all these marketing materials, the kits, the strategies, the plans. The loyalty yeah. schemes as well. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. loyalty That's schemes, the attitude of gratitude, yeah. just anything like that. Like we say it time and time again, but we can't emphasize enough. You should always plan eight, six to eight weeks beforehand. So with January coming up, don't leave until the last minute. You're going to be flat out now. Start using the blogs that's always putting up yeah. online. Start getting that information together and plan now. And you won't be left in that quiet period then where you feel like you have to do a quick fix or you know, a, yeah, a yeah, quick you won't be sale. Panicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like don't Being panic. Control. And like it, it, the fact that you're doing it over eight weeks means you're just tapping away here and there. You're just doing a little bit. It doesn't become too stressful or anything. So you're saying like uh, you were mentioning the loyalty uh, schemes that were that were often a problem as well. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of problems with loyalty programs. There's kind of more fundamental problems and then kind of smaller problems. So the smaller problems will be uh, that they're largely based around discounts, um, and, and even like much smaller problems like a lot of them are on paper and they don't look particularly well or they get thrown into a wallet or a purse and they never yeah. see the light of day again. But the biggest problem I find with loyalty programs, and a lot of people say they don't work. That's because they're not done right largely. So, you know, some of the, and again, I see a lot of salons moving away from this, thankfully, but, you know, it, it's not, again, I say that like hair beauty is not a commodity or it's not like even something like a small luxury, like a coffee. It's way beyond that. So a lot of loyalty programs work, you know, get X amount of points and then we'll give you a 20% discount on what you would normally get. Or even worse, get four manicures and get a fifth one for free and the yeah. problem with that is the fundamental thing you're doing is wrong you're discounting something that that client was willing to pay full price for anyway and you're actually decreasing average spend per client it's um, a classic coffee shop example isn't it well that's exactly yeah. it. that's the model and and, and it's not that I, I do believe I, I read a piece on that particular approach and I think it work, It may work in certain industries and, and discounting works in certain industries but you cannot compare somebody who's a styled, you know, sorry, a trained stylist who spends hours and is, is a craftsperson that's charging maybe £250 for, or, or, or £150 for a high-end service yeah. and market that in the same way that you would electricity or coffee. It just, you've got it's to think about this. It's not right, yeah. yeah. It's a skill you're paying for. Yeah, and then in fact, like I would always say, people, people like, I get asked at seminars, and this is a whole different probably podcast, but I get asked at <laughs> seminars, I get asked at seminars. We knew I, this would be two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I get asked often, you know, I, I have this service, so I have this particular facial and it is my most expensive facial, but no one ever buys it. What should I do? And 
you know, the question I ask is, well, what have you tried so far? And it always comes back to lowering the price. The most successful way to actually get people to buy that most expensive facial, believe it or not, is to introduce a more expensive one above it, okay? And that's your price tier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what's known as anchoring. So basically what happens is everybody who goes into a restaurant at some point (laughs) looks at the menu, okay? And they always go, "Mm, well, the lobster is like £35, so I'm not going to go for that. But the steak is only £28, so it's okay. I'm not buying the most expensive (laughs) thing. But so, whereas if if that steak was the most expensive thing, you tend to roll back one underneath it. It, It's a natural human behavior. Tends to be. And I'm talking about just exceptions, of course. There's people who want to buy the most expensive thing or the cheapest thing, but largely speaking. So never, don't always resort to the discounts. Don't always resort to like giving away um, things to people for free when they're already buying them. Um, what you should do, and the, the program we have for us called Tree Card, is you build up points um, for every service or every sorry for every pound or every euro or every dollar you spend. So let's make up an example. For instance, you spend hundred pounds on something that means you get a hundred points, and then with that hundred points, you can claim a free product or service that you've never had before. But it works in kind of like a surprise or treat fashion. So the key to it is from the salon owner's point of view. When Mary comes back in and she's 100 points, you turn to Mary and go, oh, by the way, you know you've 100 points. So if I rebook you in today for your blow dry, why don't you get your nails done? So you're giving them a service you think that they would like. Yeah. You're also giving them something that they've never had before. And you will actually find if that's done right, about 40% of your clients should be coming back to buy that at full price the next time around. So it's, yes, you're giving them something for free, but you're giving something for free to reward their existing loyalty you're not decreasing their average spend and you're introducing them to new services. That so that's, yeah, it's, it's a completely different way to do it. it anyways after. Yeah. yeah. And like we have the data to prove that like the majority of the time people will come back and actually pay for that free experience they've received again. Oh, so, definitely about yeah. 40% of them can, yeah. can then do if it's done successfully. You know, yeah. if it's done successfully, yeah. So it's not a case of you're giving out free services. Your clients will tend to come back in and actually pay for that after because like they've never experienced it before um you're giving it to them for free to get to try it out and then oh happy days they either like it and want to pay for it again or they don't yeah and just like you were saying on that so like if you had a really expensive product and you didn't know how to kind of market or get it out there you have the tree cards but now you have the likes of snapchat and stuff like that so uh, create brand awareness and say hey if you screenshot this image you can actually come in and get reward points on your card as well yeah. and get the product so it's just little things like those you've got your marketing tool which is the car- uh, loyalty card and then you've got your marketing plan or strategy which is using so- so- social media the sms the emails to get it all out there yeah cool so we had a pretty big announcement today and it kind of works well that you're actually here to talk about it but um there was a lot of people have noticed a new difference in the forest system this week yeah that's in the marketing section yeah yeah Snapchat. What is it? <laughs> Surprise. Who wants to go first? Okay. Yeah, so we, we introduced a, a uh, basically, Snapchat, for those of you who don't know, is, is one of the fastest growing social networks ever, but it, it particularly is popular among a younger audience, so kind of 30 downwards. Um, and women a lot. And women, uh, and women a lot, for sure. So it's basically, you know, you might have used Instagram stories. You're probably more likely to have used Instagram stories, even though ironically yeah. that's copying Snapchat, but you, you may have seen it on Instagram. And now Facebook yeah. has stories too. And as Facebook well, has yeah. stories. So, I mean, it, it's, it's um, yeah, so basically you take videos and you send them and they largely, you can either send them as direct messages types or, or they kind of like dissolve or, or disappear <laughs> after uh, yeah. 24 hours. But what we allow you to do in Forest and, and the kind of challenge with Snapchat is discovery. Well, there's two building challenges. Building a following, yeah. Building a following and also doing content, but building a following for, for like is, is challenging. So Snapchat is by design 
kind of meant to be used with your friends and within your contacts. It's not like Facebook where you type in or Twitter where you can type in anyone's or even name. Instagram, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. Instagram and, and start stalking people. It's meant to be a much more kind of um, intimate, I guess, network. Yeah. Um, Which so, makes it good because it's just simple to use. There's not a whole lot of like added features or things like that to use. It's no, just so, quite straightforward. Yeah, you yeah. download it on your phone and you add your contacts, then whoever's on Snapchat. So, what this allows you to do basically is go in, you add your, your Snapchat account. Uh, I know, Zoe, I think you do webinar for those of you who haven't set up your Snapchat exactly. account. You've one on, coming up uh, soon. On Monday. Yeah. Yeah, on Monday, uh, November 14th. And uh, then there's also a one with um, the National Hair Federation. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be on the 21st. So cool. Very good. Coming up. So basically, this tool allows you to, once you set up your Snapchat account with Zoe, or if you have one set up already, enter in your handle. You go into the marketing section first, click on Snapchat, enter the handle for your account or your, your account name. For your salon account name. Salon account not name, your, yes. Uh, not your private uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 So yeah. basically, you'll see in the top bar, it'll ask you for your Snapchat code. Don't use your own Snapchat code unless you plan on making yourself a massive Snapchat superstar. Well, if you do, good luck. But um, yeah, it's your salon, so you do need to well, create a salon. Nice way to get people <laughs> to stop doing that. If you don't want to be a superstar, don't enter it. Like. <laughs> more, more fame for us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so just create a cell on um, Snapchat code and that's what you put in then. And then basically what happens is it, it sends an SMS to everyone on your database and it'll recognize whether they're on Snapchat or not. And it basically you, invites you, them to add you. Exactly. And you either click on add friend or you can actually encourage your clients to download Snapchat as well. So it's it's a new channel. Um, it's a really exciting channel. It's a channel that it's actually very easy to use. All it requires is, is a little bit of confidence. Especially in this industry, it's so creative and it's yeah. so visual as well. It's, yeah. it's so easy to post content. You, yeah. have it all, you have it there all the time. And you um, you actually did up a Snapchat ebook. We talked about it in our yeah. last episode. But you actually had a case study in it of a, a salon owner who's having great success with Snapchat. Oh, yeah. And, and that, that salon owner is uh, Ellen Kavanaugh uh, from Waxperts. And Ironically, she can't really Snapchat what the treatments and stuff, but she's still very successful. <laughs> yes, because she's waxing, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, even yeah, give uh, give Ellen from Waxbirds a follow and just see the sort of content that's being put up and give yourself an idea. Now, it's all trial and error. You watch a couple of different people, you find uh, what works for you. You know your clients better than we do. So again, we can just give you this information, but it's down to you then to kind of see, find out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So um, just to finish off on that then, so we've gone through this week's three blogs. We've talked to Connor about the common sell on market and mistakes. And we have talked about the new um, Snapchat feature. So next week's upcoming blogs, or sorry, next week's upcoming (laughs) webinars, we actually have the Forest Academy's uh, Becoming a Client Retention Expert. That's Monday the 14th, 11 to 12. Uh, Monday, November the 14th. Then we also have the Salon Owner's Introduction to Snapchat. And then we have two gift card webinars on Wednesday. We've one for Irish UK clients at 10 in the morning on Wednesday the 16th and one for US clients but don't at worry, 5 you, in the evening. If you don't remember all of this, it's all on the Facebook page in the event section. <laughs> oh, you can just get back 30 seconds and listen again. <laughs> don't worry about it. But um, yeah, so again, you can go to theforest.com slash blog to get all of Zoe's content this week. Or you could go to the Facebook events page to keep an eye on what upcoming webinars are coming. So, I'm Killian Vina, and thanks to Zoe Belil Springer hey, and right. to Connor Capel. I did. I, I did. You got my name wrong. It's not Capel, it's Capel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. This is the recurring theme. Okay. Three months, Connor. Three months. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thanks, guys. have a great week, right. and we'll catch you next week. All the best. See you. Bye bye.